0: Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about whether or not you can run your race if you have a metatarsal stress fracture. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. In this session, we're going to explain how to decide whether or not you can or should run your race with a metatarsal stress fracture. So this is one of the common questions that I get from runners. Most of the time, in fact, I would say actually the majority of the time that people call me to schedule a remote consultation or a virtual doctor visit, they actually wanna know if they can run their race when they have a metatarsal stress fracture. Stress fractures are extremely common, but first thing is that you know if you're gonna figure out how to run your race, if you should run your race, whether or not it's a good idea to run your race, you have to really understand what really is a metatarsal stress fracture. The first thing is that everybody thinks it's just a crack in the bone that if you look at it on an x-ray or you look at it on an MRI or you get a CT scan or something that you're going to see a crack. Well that's not always the case and that's where the trouble comes in. Doctors want to put everybody in the same little bucket of you have a metatarsal stress fracture, you can't run. That's not true at all. In fact, I have had lots of patients who have actually had not only done an Ironman, but I had one that actually had her fastest Ironman ever four weeks after she was diagnosed with a metatarsal stress fracture, and she was told she had to wear a boot for six weeks. So it's just not true. You just have to understand what it means to be somewhere along that continuum of having a stress fracture, and then figure out whether or not it's really a good idea for you to run. So when you think about a stress fracture, again, we think it's a crack in the bone, but it's just too much stress on the bone is really what it is. Yes, in the worst cases, if you run on it, you keep pounding it, you keep applying the same force, it can crack. That's what everybody thinks of as a metatarsal stress fracture, but that's not what is always going on. So let's talk about an analogy with a metatarsal stress fracture. I always explain this analogy of a coat hanger. If you take a coat hanger and you just start bending it back and forth, it'll actually heat up. The metal gets hot. It actually starts to feel warmer to the touch. That's basically the equivalent of the first part of a metatarsal stress fracture that's sometimes referred to as a stress response or a stress reaction. Basically the bone just heats up. If you get an MRI, You can see that in terms of some bright whiteness within the bone where normally it's black so when the radiologist compares it from you know your second metatarsal to your third metatarsal your fourth metatarsal the one that has the stress fracture actually turns bright white with inflammation within the bone which we actually say it's heated up or it lights up and that's just an indication there's inflammation within the bone because the bone has been stressed but we don't see a crack most of the time so if you get an x-ray at the same time, and you see this you know, on your MRI, there's some white stuff within the bone, it's heated up, it may not actually be broken, even though we call it a stress fracture, implying that it's broken. So if you keep taking that coat hanger though and you keep bending it, eventually you'll start to see some opacity in the surface of the metal where it's actually beginning to deform. If you keep moving it a little more, it'll actually start to crack. And then you see little surface cracks, and that's really what most people think of when they're talking about a metatarsal stress fracture. Now, if you have that level of injury to the bone, it takes more to calm it down than if you have the first level of injury to the bone where it's just a little bit stressed out. So you have to figure out where you are along that continuum. Now, if you ignore it and you just keep running, well, that's not a good idea. So if your foot's swollen, it's black, it's bruised, you know, it's really like injured, really swollen, really tender, and you keep running on it, you can actually break the bone. If you break the bone, then it moves out of position, it shifts out of position, then you have what we call a displaced metatarsal fracture. Now, that's not the end of the world. If you're a runner, we can still fix that. We can put it back in position, put a little plate and some screws and stabilize it and it will heal and eventually you'll run again and not have any trouble with it. But you don't wanna get to that point. So when you're trying to figure out whether or not you can run your race, you have to figure out where you are first. Once you figure out where you are, then you can try to figure out how to make it feel faster. So a stress fracture is not complicated. You're applying too much stress to the bone. If you do the same thing that you were doing when you first got the metatarsal stress fracture, well, it's probably not gonna get better, right? I mean, it's not complicated. If you keep running on it, doing the same hill repeats, doing the same runs that you were doing that caused the injury in the first place, it's predictably going to get worse. So the first thing you do is remove the stress. So that doesn't necessarily mean stop running. That's what most doctors say. They just say, okay, quit running. That's stressful, just stop that. Well, I wouldn't tell you to do that. What I would tell you is that you need to get your threshold for that stress down low enough that you can actually continue to run and still allow the bone to heal. So that's the main thing. You just wanna reduce the stress, offload it, take the pressure off of it, change your shoes, do something different, change the types of run you're doing, change the side of the street you're running on, do something to try to reduce the stress. And then if you can add up the reduction in stress and remove all that stress, then that allows you some more stress that you can apply to the bone when you run and still keep under your threshold for healing. So that, in my mind, is always the goal, to try to get you to your goal race intact. And that brings us to the main point. You know, what's your goal? With every runner, when I do a remote consultation or I see them in person, I always ask them, what is your goal? And the goal is not to get the pain to go away. The goal is to do Ironman Canada on this specific day. The goal is to do um, the Houston Marathon on this particular day. And generally, it's within a certain time. So. If your foot still hurts and you're doing the race, you're not gonna run within your time, right? But if your goal is just to finish a race because you've been training for a year for your first Ironman or something like that, maybe it's worth doing the race, even if it does hurt a little bit, as long as you're not gonna really make it worse and cause any permanent damage. So the first thing is that, you know, you gotta really figure out what your goal is. You gotta figure out what your goal timeline is. And that is where the standard of care in medicine fails runners. Your doctor generally doesn't ask you what race do you wanna do and how fast do you wanna run on that day? that's what you have to drive home when you go see your doctor. You have to explain to them, I'm going to do this race and I'm going to do it on this day and I want to run this fast so your job is to help me figure out how you can get me there intact and to the finish line on time. That's what we'll call success, not, you know, it looks fine on x-ray. So you've got to figure that out. Now let's talk about a couple of examples. So let's say you get a stress fracture in your foot and you're a year out from your goal race. You're doing the Boston Marathon a year away. That's simple. You have a lot of time. So if you're doing the Boston Marathon, you probably wanna run really fast in that race and have a good Boston Marathon time. So in that case, most of the time, what I would suggest to people is like, really try to protect it initially, really try to you know, get that thing to calm down. You have a little bit of time to experiment. So if you do some simple things to reduce some stress to the bone and it starts to improve, and then you start adding in some runs and it doesn't swell anymore, it doesn't bruise anymore, it doesn't hurt anymore, or it continues to hurt less, you're on the right track. You can continue to run, continue to maintain your fitness, and then gradually ramp up your training for your goal race a year out. Second scenario is where you have about four months out before your race. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You will have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. Second scenario is where you have about four months out before your race, so that's another common scenario. You get injured, you're about four months out from your race, but this is tough because if you take the normal four to six weeks off, which is what most doctors are going to tell you to do, and you sit around for a month or month and a half, then you only have really like two and a half months to ramp up again, get your training all the way back up to your maximum fitness, and then taper before your race. So I think it's really unrealistic to do that. So when you have a four month scenario and you have a metatarsal stress fracture and your timeline and your goal is really four months away, you need to try to work real hard initially to decrease the inflammation around the bone, get the bone to calm down, see how much better it feels, and then immediately start reinforcing your training, maintaining your fitness, trying to run to keep your fitness while also working to reduce the stress as much as possible to that specific bone so that you can continue to run and maintain your fitness. The third scenario we're gonna talk about is when you're about six weeks out from your race, because this is actually when most runners get injured. You know, you've done your build up, you come back down, you build up, you come back down, you build up again, and you're in your final build phase. Maximum amount of stress, maximum amount of pounding, maximum amount of effort, when you have your maximum amount of fitness and then you get a stress fracture and it's really deflating. You get completely disheartened when you are finally just about a month and a half out from your race and your foot hurts, you go to the doctor and they tell you, you have a metatarsal stress fracture, you cannot run your race, you need to wear a fracture walking boot for the next six weeks. That is really upsetting. But that's just not always true, again, Everybody wants to put people in the same box. They want to say, okay, anybody with a metatarsal stress fracture, six weeks in a fracture walking boot. And I hear this every time I lecture to physicians at medical conferences. I ask them, what would you do with this metatarsal stress fracture? And I have one up on the screen, and the doctor raised their hand, they say, well, six weeks in a fracture walking boot. Any ideas? And then somebody will say, well, maybe you could do four weeks. Okay, still four, six weeks. What's the difference? It's still a month or month and a half in a fractured walking boot where you're going to lose all your fitness. You're going to lose tons of fitness. In one week on crutches in a fractured walking boot, you're going to lose 17% of the muscle fiber diameter in that leg. You can't afford to do that. And in six weeks, it's 60%. You can't afford to lose 60% of your fitness and run a race. That's crazy. That's what you have to really think about. Now, if that's the case, then what you have to do is you have to maintain your running fitness. Now, the advantage when you're about six weeks out is you have lots of fitness. You've put in a lot of work. You've done the overwhelming majority of your training, and you're almost at race-level fitness. So, as long as you can get past the sort of psychological deflation of being injured when you're six weeks out, you can experiment and do some things strategically to decrease some of the stress to the metatarsal and then do some cross training, a little bit of other things to support your running fitness without applying as much stress to the metatarsal. And if you can do those things, then you can maintain your fitness and you can continue to run, particularly if you have one of those early phases of a stress fracture, where it's really just a stress response. So yeah, that's the thing is you have to check and figure out whether or not you really have a stress fracture how bad the stress fracture really is compared to just a stress response versus a true stress fracture or a displaced metatarsal stress fracture. And if you're in that early continuum of of problems with your metatarsal stress fracture, if it's really just a stress response or a stress reaction, you just calm down the inflammation, take the pressure off of the bone a little bit, so that you can continue to run, maintain your fitness, and then do your race. So I've done that myself. I have done that with lots of runners. It's not that complicated. We created a whole course that shows you how to do that, but it's not really that difficult. All you have to do is experiment to try to figure out whether or not you can continue to run and maintain your fitness so that you can do your race successfully. Now, regardless of your timeline, regardless of your goal, one of the tricks with this is you have to monitor what's going on. You really have three things that can show you whether or not you're getting better or worse. And obviously the goal here is to get the metatarsal stress fracture to improve. You want your symptoms going down, and as soon as your symptoms are going down, you want your activity to go back up. And you just want, don't wanna cross your threshold for re-injury again. So you have three things that tell you whether or not you're proving or not, whether or not it's really bad or not. So the worst thing is bruising. So if you see any bruising, that's a horrible sign. That means something is cracked, something's tore, something's ripped, whatever. Something's bleeding under the skin. That's a bad sign. So the first thing is make sure you don't have any bruising. If you don't have any bruising, the next thing is to look for swelling. The swelling can be subtle. Like if you look at the back of my hands, when you pull a hand up, you can see there's extensor tendons all sticking out on the back of your hand. Same thing is true on your foot. When you pull your toes up off the ground, you can see the extensor tendons. So you put your feet on the ground and you pull your toes up and you compare them side by side. And if you have swelling, usually you have like a, a sort of, it's a little puffy right here and you can't really see the extensor tendons. They kind of disappear a little bit when you're looking at them, uh, when you're just looking down on your feet, as long as you're doing an even light. So if you do some things to reduce the inflammation and that swelling goes away, you know you're on the right track. If you start running and you take a little bit of pressure off the metatarsal and that swelling doesn't come back, you know you're on the right track then you know that you can continue to ramp up your fitness, ramp up your training, continue to maintain your fitness, and then make it to your goal race without any trouble. Now the third thing is pain. This is completely disregarded by most runners. I mean, we track our training, you know, you download everything with your Garmin into Strava or some other program where you track your fitness, you chart it, you track like how you felt during your run, what your perceived exertion was. And then when people get runner, they don't track anything which really confuses me because one of the most useful tools for any runner who's trying to finish a goal race when they have a metatarsal stress fracture is to keep a pain journal. So you keep a pain journal, you can go to the website, it'll actually show you exactly how to do it. I've created one for you that you can just print out, it's free, go get it. But basically all you have to do is track your pain, track what run you were doing, how much it hurts afterward, how much it hurts the next day. As long as that pain is trending down, you know you're on the right track. If your pain starts trending back up, then you need to look at what you're doing that's applying stress to that particular metatarsal. The whole name of the game here is to take the stress off of the injured metatarsal so that it continues to hurt less, swell less, bruise less, all of those things that give you an indication that it's improving. As long as you do that, you can keep ramping up your fitness so that you can continue to get better. And the last thing to think about is all of those factors that you're probably not really thinking about that can also help you heal faster. You need to sleep you've got to rest if you want to recover so you really want to sleep particularly after days when you do anything that really stresses that particular metatarsal you want to hydrate you also need to take probably nutritional supplements that have calcium collagen all the things that actually go into healing any metatarsal stress fracture you know you really want to think about like what do you need well you need collagen you know you need vitamin c you know, you need to have those in a certain combination if you really want to heal. You should also have uh, turmeric to decrease inflammation. If you're, you know, but talk to your doctor before taking any nutritional supplements. But all of those things, copper, all those can help. So these are all things that are actually go into healing uh, any structure made of collagen and into the early phases of healing a stress fracture. And you have to have those things in your system if you're gonna heal. You need to have protein in your diet. You need to have antioxidants. You need to have a really healthy diet, the same healthy diet you've maintained the whole time when you're really focused on training. You really need to focus up on that when you're healing. It's the same thing. The, The only difference between an injury and training is that it's the severity of the tissue damage. When you get an overtraining injury, it's just more tissue damage than you wanted. But when you do train, you cause tissue damage. And that tissue damage is deliberate. That's why you get stronger, you rebuild the tissue. You're just rebuilding on a bigger scale right now when you have an injury. So monitor all of those things. Think about your nutrition, think about your sleep, think about emotional stress. They call it a stress fracture, remember. So if your boss is a jerk, if you're having all kinds of marital discord at home, Whatever, try to do something to be nicer, try to do something to be happier, meditate, do whatever you need to do to reduce that overall stress. That's really key when you're healing a stress fracture. It's the global amount of stress. There's only so much energy to go around and you're not gonna heal if you're stressed out, worked out, overtired, all of those things. You really have to make sure that you put the effort into mitigating all these other little stressors that can contribute to the injury and prevent your healing. And the other thing is, you need to think about creative fitness. So I'm not gonna tell you, you just have to ride a bike, or you just have to swim, but you need to be creative. You need to do everything you can to maintain your fitness while supporting that injured structure. So if that means you're doing some other workouts at the gym to build your glutes and hamstrings and your core, some of the things you might sort of put on the side burner while you're really ramping up your mileage for your key race, you know those things will help. So if you do these other things that you know will help, but will not stress the injured metatarsal, Those things will really help to put you on the fast track to healing. So in summary, the name of the game here is to just reduce the stress to the injured structure, reduce the stress to that injured metatarsal, take some pressure off of that injured metatarsal in a way that's gonna allow you to continue to train without as much force on the metatarsal so you can continue to heal even while you run. If you do those things and you monitor it and your pain is going down, your pain is decreasing, your swelling is going away, you're keeping the swelling under control with some measures to really control the inflammation like contrast baths or compression socks, and you're getting better, then you should be able to continue to run. There's no reason for you to sit around in a fracture walking boot if you just have a stress reaction or a a stress response and you've decided that's what you really have. You know so if you have sure if you have a displaced metatarsal fracture and you can see it on the x-ray and it moves when you push on it no you probably shouldn't run on that but that's why you need to talk about these things with your doctor you really need to make sure that you know what your goal is you know what your timeline is and you really force that upon your doctor so that you can work together to decide is it reasonable for me to run or not can i do these things and still heal or not but your doctor is only thinking about healing the bone the doctor is not thinking about your race and the doctor is not thinking about your goal time that's your job so make sure you tell your doctor and make sure your doctor understands exactly what you expect and how you will define healing if you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the doc on the run podcast send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the doc on the run podcast thanks again for listening